And after I didn't die initially right away under that tractor, I knew that I was going to make it. I knew I was going to live. I don't know why. I don't have any any reason to, to know why, but um, I just had the sense that you know I didn't die right there, and I thought for sure I was going to when that thing was pushing me down into the bottom of the canal. It just wasn't your time to go. No, no. That, you know, of course, I believe in the sovereignty of God, and yeah. he's got all things working out, so yeah. I responded to that. Welcome to SpeakBravely.com's podcast series, where individuals courageously share their stories of hardship and suffering and the steps they've taken to climb out of some very dark places. Whether you're suffering from depression, anxiety, loss of a loved one, financial hardship, addiction, loss of your home to fire, or any other adversity that has left you hopeless and lost, we hope you will find in this podcast companionship and hope. Grab a lifeline and join us as we help each other find our way back to stable ground. I'm your host, Shawnee McBride. Today's guest, Charlie Troughton, is a singer-songwriter, former high school social science teacher, and currently a high school administrator. My administrator, in fact. Charlie is also a husband, a father, and a man of faith. In this interview, he shares three difficult, heartbreaking chapters of his life and the faith and determination that helped him get through. He ends by singing a beautiful original song, which tells the stories that he speaks of in the interview. You're going to like this one. Our guest today, Charlie Troughton, is my assistant principal and longtime friend. Charlie, thank you so much for being here to talk with us today. Glad to be here, Shawnee. All right. So where would you like to start? Um, I know you. we talked before the interview and you've had some specific particular moments in your life that have been especially challenging. Do you want to talk a little bit about your childhood or do you want to start right in with the first hardship that you Mm -hmm. went through? Where would you like to begin? I think I could start by just giving a quick rundown of where I grew up and my family because it'll lead to that first big crisis that I experienced as a teenager. Great. So I grew up in Williams, California, small town. Uh, I had what I... I look back and think I had a really good childhood. My parents were always involved in our lives and, and we got to do lots of things and small town, you know, everybody and everybody knows what's going on. And so I I was a happy kid. Uh, I loved school. I did well in school and not surprising, just saying (laughs) (laughs) been in school my entire life. Um, and so there came a point where my dad, who was an alcoholic, I mean, mm. everybody knows, mm. and, and dad would at times come home and he'd be belligerent and he'd be hit my mom and they'd fight and we'd all be awake. And me mm. and my brother and sister, we'd be huddled in the corner of a room and mm. bawling, just crying, you know, it still yeah. bothers me. I'm 62 yeah. years old and it still, it still affects me. Of course it will. So I remember the day when finally mom said that I'm done. She didn't want any more. Wow. So I watched my dad drive off and never came back. But we still had a relationship with him. You know, he moved mm-hmm. somewhere else. But but it, it just it changed the whole family dynamic. Of and course so, it did. You know, so I grew up, graduated from high school, went to, went to college. And um, 
My first year out of high school, I went to Simpson College when it was still in San Francisco. Okay. Oh. And so I, I went one year there and couldn't afford to go back. So then I went to a smaller school uh, called the Sacramento Bible Institute in Carmichael, California. Mm-hmm. And I spent the next several years there. In the midst of that, I had my second big crisis happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that was when I rolled a Caterpillar tractor. And as a result of that, I lost my leg. And that's been a huge ordeal. We could spend hours talking oh. about all the stuff that came with that. And so the mm-hmm. first big crisis was my parents' divorce. The second one was this tractor accident when I was 19 in the midst of the time going to college. Well, and you told and me that you had been quite the athlete before yeah, that. All, yeah, all that stuff. Really, Very the active. athlete stuff was, you know, that was all gone. But that kind of went away before I had the accident okay. because... Uh, instead of going to college, uh, community college and playing football, which I could have done, mm-hmm. uh, instead I went to Simpson college and, you know, plugged in my, my life into that. I was going to pursue ministry of some oh, sort. Yeah. So that was my initial intent. Then, um, you know, life goes on and I, I met my wife at this Bible school in Sacramento uh, the joke is uh, some of the girls go to school there because it's the Sacramento Bridal Institute. Oh. <laughs> so she, she was able to land a guy, you know, so I was that uh. guy. Anyway, we were, we've been married, uh, we've now been married uh, 38 years. Oh, wow. And so how old were you when you met her? <clears throat> well, you know, we were friends. Went and studied together, had no interest whatsoever in one another except for, you know, studying things that we were working on. But then the final year, in, in our senior year, we, it's like we both like started looking at each other. You know, and something yeah, clicked, this might you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, four months after we graduated from Sacramento Bible Institute, we got married. Hmm. And we moved back to Williams. And then, um, and then I, I had some opportunities to go into ministry, and we went and, went and interviewed different places and had actual offers, but because of whole another tangent of stories that could happen that I could tell you um, I, I finally decided not to pursue ministry as a full-time vocation or career mm-hmm. and that's when I uh, took on a different path we did spend a year down in the Rio Grande Valley okay. our first year of marriage oh wow in order to go there and learn Spanish Oh, that's, and we, that's and where we that started. And we thought that we might go into Mexico and do some sort of, you know, ministry work down there, but that didn't pan out. And mm-hmm. it was the same year that Kiki Camarena was killed. The first year in 1985, Kiki Camarena got killed as a DEA agent. And, of course, the American government was like, don't go to Mexico now. And, of course, oh, none of that's man. changed. It's, it's gotten worse and worse yeah. with the whole yeah, yeah. cartel situation. But anyway, we decided not to go to Mexico. We came back to Williams, and that's when I applied for a job with migrant education. And I had picked up probably enough Spanish in Uh that whole year of Spanish language school to be able to to at least have a little conversation, but I wasn't by any means fluent, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, they gave me an opportunity at the migrant education program here in Northern California, and I I stayed with them for a good eight years full time. Um, before I started teaching here at Corning High School. Now, I think I met you when you were still in that. You were had just started. Were you still in the migrant ed program then? or When? When uh, I met you. So that I would have been 97? I, well, I started here. I started here in 95. Okay. So 
I worked from 86 to 94 full-time with okay. migrant education, and I kept working with them in the summers. Right. And as I was teaching, I'd work for them in the summer. Oh, that's, that's right. And then eventually I broke away from them and got into the Northern California Writing Project yeah. with you. Yeah. And so, so seven or eight years into my marriage, um, I was busting my tail to, to not only finish my degree, but then to get my credential. And in the midst of all that, I, you know, I worked full time and went to school at night. And I was able to get my degree at night and I was able then to work towards my credential. You know, Corning High School hired me uh, just with my bachelor's degree mm. because somebody left here in the third week mm-hmm. of August mm-hmm. and yeah. she went to Red Bluff and Mr. Henry calls me and yeah. says, hey, you'd be interested in working here? I go, absolutely. And yeah. I was working here for my Granette as one of my schools. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what happens in, in education. Timing, sometimes. it was timing, yeah. you know. And so I spent a year driving down to Sacramento three days a week, and it was it was in the midst of that that I was so I was just so geared at working and getting my my credential done that I just about lost my wife. Mm. Um, wow. You know, I was I, I spent little time with her and the kids. I just you know I was doing it for them but at the same time I was losing a lot so in the midst of of uh, going down to Sacramento three times a week and uh, I, I wasn't I don't feel I mean in hindsight I wasn't being a good father and I wasn't being a good husband I, I, I spent so much time and energy uh, focused on finishing this so I could you know so we could get to a certain place you were being a little um, unconscious. Like, looking back, you, you would yeah. see it, but in, when you're in the midst of yeah. it. But in the midst of that, my wife, you know, um, wasn't happy, um, you know, looked elsewhere for satisfaction and companionship, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we, we were close. I mean, there was a time she was gone for several weeks. And, but then ultimately, uh, she came back, and over the course of years of just sticking with it, you mm-hmm. know, and not giving up and not yeah. quitting, partly because I saw what happened to my parents and I knew how I felt as a kid. Yeah. That I didn't want that to be that the same for my kids. Right. So I, I had, because of my faith and my belief in, in the Bible and its principles that Divorce was like, for me, was never going to be an option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was doing everything I could to hang on to that. And so over the course of time, I mean, that's a whole nother set of, of interviews. You yeah. know? So <laughs> it's a whole nother time period. Uh, mm-hmm. With each of those crises, I could talk for an hour, you know, the, yeah. about things that happened. And, um, but that that third crisis uh, was one that that went on for many years. It's like we didn't just because it was year eight didn't mean the next year it went away. You know, right. there were things that popped up. It was it was a roller coaster for several years, and and probably up through the time that um, our kids were grown and then leaving the home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that we finally got to a place where we loved each other again with all our hearts and yeah. and were committed to sticking this out to the end right mm-hmm. and uh, I mean and I know my wife goes through that whole set of emotions that that she had experienced and so well, anyway I, we're loving the emptiness now and yeah you know 
Well, I can tell, you know, it still affects you now. And yeah. um, I, I'm sure, you know, in the same way she's still affected by it. And, um, you know, yeah. when you when you go through something like that, um, it, it, it's, that's how it is. And I so I want to um, stop for just a minute now and ask you for people who um, are struggling with their marriage. What why do you think how how do you think you worked through that? Yeah, I. I know I, it's it's a it's a process, so that's maybe is. a hard question. But you obviously both were really wanted to make things work. Did you both always really want it to work, or was there a moment where you're both like, "Wait, we think we want to make sure this works"? <laughs> you know, I think um, I think that uh, there were definitely times that. Uh, we got close and then pulled back and got close again to actually separating and saying, mm-hmm. we're done. We're going to, we're going to try to find life with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was there for quite a time, uh, years, mm-hmm. um, afterwards for both of us. Um, but I think it starts with this fundamental commitment that w- we, we believe in this this relationship and this mm-hmm. institution and we we thought and believed that ultimately God wanted us to stay together and so that having that inner motivation and drive mm-hmm. to, to to honor God in that way well I both, think was both having that same faith I'm yeah. sure really helped yeah. and, and, you, and our faith you know. waned in the midst of mm-hmm. of those years that you know both of us uh, weren't weren't doing the right things you know mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as what else you got to do, of course, everybody knows communication is so key to it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say we, we ultimately came to a place where we talked it through and it was, you know, we had to, you know, we had to come to grips with what's happened and where do we want to go from here and, mm-hmm. um, recommitment to, to the. To, to marriage and to God himself and, mm-hmm. and to our family. So I don't know that I have an, a good anecdote, no, but you know, but I, it was, it yeah. was that, that, that commitment in our relationship to God that was going to help drive our relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we both now just fully believe that that's what carried us through and that had we not cried out to God, we, we probably would not have made it. We just well, it's kind of like a point of uh, surrender, right? Right. Um, and it's, uh, I, I would say this, I think, would give a lot of people hope um, because I know some people feel like when you go through uh, problems in your marriage that are as bad as you were describing, that uh, something's been uh, destroyed forever, that it will never um, be restored. And the fact that it was, and I hear you talk now about your marriage and I've known you for a lot of years and I remember when your marriage um was I was at your house one time (laughs) yes yes you were and I remember that and um to now hear you now you 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 sound completely different and I Mm. I just think that that's a great um message to people and and it just could give some people hope that there is a way right there is uh I do think it starts with a, a a belief in in, in what God wants for people's marriage relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Question. I'm going to go back oh. a little bit. Okay. Um, because I want to go back to the two other things that happened to you only because 
our um, podcast series is for survivors. They might be people struggling with marriage, but they might also be people struggling with um, living with an alcoholic father or mother. You got through that somehow, and it sounds like partly because of your mother, largely maybe because of your mother. Um, For sure. So you're okay now, even though it's still hard for you, but you're yeah. you're grounded. You you're okay. Is there any advice you'd give about getting through something like that, or is it the same answer having to do with faith? Um, well, I, faith is the first one for uh, for me, in terms of persevering. Now, timeline wise, my parents got divorced when I was fourteen. Okay. I didn't become a Christian until I was a junior in high school. I was 16 years old. So mm-hmm. it was a year, a year and a half later. Um, and so it, the persevering through the divorce wasn't necessarily a faith thing initially. Mm-hmm. It was it was a sad time. We cried. But for some reason, you still went to school and you still did all the things that you do as a kid growing up graduate from high school, go on to college. And so in the midst of my third year in high school, right, I had some guy talk to me about about God and about mm-hmm. the relationship with Christ and the Bible. And, and I believed it, yeah. you know. And so from 14, 15, and maybe into the year 16, I was just fighting with whatever will was in me, right? Mm-hmm. And mom, mom was, of course, a stalwart there. You know, she... She kept on working. She did everything for us kids, mm. you know. And dad stayed involved, you know, from sort of from the sideline. He came mm-hmm. to our athletic games mm-hmm. and different things of performances in band or whatever. Yeah. And and so there was that sort of mutual uh, support that they both gave. But mom was the ground, you know, mm-hmm. that we all that we all stood on really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. And when I became a Christian, it, w- it was many years after. My mom was mm-hmm. strongly, staunchly Catholic. Oh, and interesting. And when I became a Christian, I one day told her, I said, Mom, I'm not going to the Catholic church with you anymore. <laughs> I'm going over to the neighborhood church yeah. in William. She goes, fine. And she never spoke to me for oh. three days. Oh, wow. Three days. Wow. But then eventually my mom in her probably 50s, uh-huh. late 40s, early 50s, uh, my mom became a Christian. So we share that okay. now, currently, yeah. you know, yeah. 20, 25 years later. But. Right. Yeah. So you made it through that with some, and just having your mom there and just getting up and going to school because that's what you do. You just you, get up. Yeah. You keep and you keep going through you your routine. You keep going. You just and, keep getting up the next day and and doing what you do. Yeah. I can't, I can't, dis- I can't define exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. But there's there, it's like I've asked people the question, why do why do we go to college? What is it within us that we grow up thinking that the automatic thing that we got to do is go to college? Because not every kid has that. Yeah. But our family did. Right. You know, and it's like wow. And so same thing, you you keep going one step in front of the other and doing what you got to do and right. figure out what you want. And then in my life, uh, you know, Christ came in when I was a junior in high school, and so that shifted right. the direction, you know, radically. So let me ask you just a little more about your your accident with your oh, leg. Okay. Um, because, we haven't talked much about that. Yeah, because I I know when people, you know, you are highly respected at our school. Um, and I know that a lot of people, um, I think, are really inspired by the fact that here you are missing a leg 
and you can't see Charlie right now, but I mean, he's, it's above the knee. From, yeah, above the knee. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, wondering how does he just come to work every day? How does he, how, you know, you're just pushing forward with your life. You don't, you're not feeling sorry for yourself. You even make jokes about it and you just, you're just moving forward. And, um, I also remember you saying that when it first happened, when you were laying there in the ground, you, there was a point where you thought you might want to die. Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, tried to stick my head into the, the four or five inches of, of canal water that was right in front of my face and blew the air out and tried to, I tried to drown myself, but you know, you pull your head up and go, I just can't do it. You know, <laughs> Oh man. But after that, after I did, after I didn't die initially right away under that tractor, I knew that I was going to make it. I knew yeah. I was going to live. I don't know yeah. why I don't have any, yeah. any reason to, to know why, but, um, I just had this sense that, you know, I didn't die right there, and I thought for sure I was going to when that thing was pushing me down into the bottom of that canal. It just wasn't um, your time to go. No, no. That, you know, of course, I believe mm-hmm. in the sovereignty of God, and yeah. he's got all things working out, and so yeah. I responded to that. And then when you were coming out of that, a recovery from that, yes, that must have been a rough time. But again, yeah, lots re- of relying on your faith and your... Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think that I've always had that... Uh, uh, somehow have had ingrained in me a, a, a will to just keep going, you yeah. know, humanly speaking. Yeah. But then, you know, as a, as a, a Christian also tapping into what I consider divine help and intervention, mm-hmm. right. By this unseen invisible God that is actively working in the mm-hmm. world that, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people deny that, but mm-hmm. I do not. Right. So right. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm staunchly entrenched in that perspective now. Uh, more now than I've ever been, of course, but it was helpful in that mm-hmm. moment, uh, not only to persevere through uh, mom and dad's divorce later, but also uh, through that accident, and then my own re- my marriage relationship, and mm-hmm. you know, bring it really back. help give you guidance and yeah, a sense of peace, mm-hmm. maybe for yeah. sure. Okay. All right. Well, I think those are um, all of the questions that I have for you today. Do you have anything you want to add or um, have we missed anything? Well, I do know that we were going to do a song with this. Yes. And so the song, I just want to talk. Tell us about the song because. talk briefly about the song. Yeah, we're going to end with that. So let's see. I'm trying to remember. This is really an early song that I wrote many years ago, of course. Um, it wouldn't have been until I was probably 33-ish, I'm going to guess, 33 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't start playing the guitar until I graduated from high school because at Williams High School, you don't sing in the choir and be a jock at the oh, same time. You <laughs> of just, course not. You, you get ridiculed, and so I never got in choir. Yeah. I was in band, played the trumpet, yeah. but uh, I didn't start playing the guitar and, and, and trying to sing until after I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so going to a Christian college, that was a, a big part. You know, music was a big part of me, of my life in those different schools that I went to. Um, but this song, uh, probably 33, 34 years old, it had to be after, it had to be after my wife and I had that, yeah. had that breakdown, right? And yeah. so um, I, 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 I decided one day to sit down and write about the three big crises in my life. The first one being uh, parents divorcing that crushed me. 
and then the accident when I was 19 years old, you know, some five years later. And then, you know, at 32, 33 years old, going to year seven and eight of my marriage and pursuing that degree and credential and, you know, all the things that we went through um, in our marriage, I sat down and, and wrote this song. And the song, the song really sort of summarizes, hmm. you know, the yes. things that you've heard me talk about. Um, yes, it so summarizes very nicely. I'm, I'm really excited for I do our remember, listeners. To I hear do it. remember when I first sang that song. Um, I left out the bridge mm-hmm. because it was Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when I would sing this in public, like I would sing in class Mm -hmm. or I'd sing in other public events, I would not always include that. And, and, and it was hypocritical to not, because, you know, I didn't, people, they don't want to hear about God and Christ, you know, so I'm not going to sing that verse. But I remember you making a very specific comment when I actually, you heard me sing it one time with the bridge. Mm Mm-hmm. You go, oh, you've changed that song, you said oh. <laughs> to me. I don't know if you remember that, but anyway, that, yeah. that song, uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be a good summary to sort of, you know, cap this off. And, yeah. And... Well, and I going back to what you were just saying, like, I think especially, I don't know, when you get to be our age, we're kind of close in mm-hmm. age, like, <laughs> you start, um, it becomes easier to be true to yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And to not um, have to do things the way other people necessarily feel comfortable with you doing, but you do things um, that um, reflect who you are and what you believe with no apologies, right? Right. You know, I've, I've, I've been in education for 30 years, and 30 years plus when you count the years with my grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, there was always this, this sort of limiting element of education that, oh, you don't talk about religion in school. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a travesty that that's not, that there's not, as a government teacher, that there's not this free flow of ideas and information mutually shared among all beliefs and all perspectives about life. Oh, I couldn't agree people, with you more. People today, they just, yeah. they just, they just cut those things down. Yeah. And so the just... voice of Christianity or whatever other perspective. Exactly. Uh, Unless it's unless it's human, human connected people don't they don't want to hear it. They don't right. want to think it's allowed. It's not not a, a place in the public square. Yeah. And I I totally disagree with that. But mm-hmm. I've never I've never been a, a staunch fighter of yeah. promoting that. You know. Yeah. So but that's a beautiful belief, though. I think we'd all get along a whole lot better if we were yeah. more open to of that. Of course we would. All right. Well, we are looking forward to hearing your song. Um, you are going to love it. Our viewers are going to really enjoy it and thank you so much again for being here with me today yeah, thanks it's for a having very me, special um uh, charlie's getting ready to retire from corning high school and i actually don't want to think about it too much uh, right now or i i might lose it um so i'm super thankful that you agreed to um, be here today with us so that was great thank you so much yeah thank you and now stay with us as charlie sings his original song to the staff at Corning Union High School. Growing up in a simple home in small town America Mom had finally had enough of dad They broke my heart 
December morn. The tractor rolls and pins me down. Three days later, doctor says to me, cut it off above the knee. viewers for being with us today. If you have a survival story you'd like to share, visit our website speakbravely.com and submit an interview request. We also accept written narratives as well as written and spoken word poetry. Until next time, take care and may peace and healing be with you.